have you ever been surprised by God? I wonder oh, how many times you've sort of gone, wow, God showed up or, or done something extraordinary. For me, most recently, I was at a, a new wine leaders meeting, which is kind of a, a, a church organization that works with leaders up and down the country. Um, and people were being prayed for. And I thought, well, actually, people were laughing and crying and all sorts of things. And I thought, well, actually, I'm just being really distracted. So I got up and then, and then walked around to the back. And someone just went, oh, Matt, can I pray with you? And uh, someone did and was just overcome by joy, overcome by the joy of people being prayed for and, and ministry and what that all meant. But it was a complete surprise to me. Even though I've been in ministry for, for quite some years, it was a real surprise. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that God is more and God is bigger than the box that we try and box him into. He, he can do more than we can ever ask or imagine. And it's pretty much the same for the disciples. So if you've got a Bible, uh, we're in Mark 9, and starting from verse 2, it says this. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where, the, where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before him. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were all so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they all looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountainside, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone until they had seen the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, why do, why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come and they have done to him everything they wish, just as it was written about him. So here we are kind of in Mark's gospel in the run up to Easter and we see the transfiguration, which is something quite extraordinary, something that hadn't been written about in the Bible beforehand. And so Jesus kind of goes up this mountainside with his mates, Pete, James and John, and was sort of transfigured before them. His, his clothes became dazzling white and they had this came out of the box for them they hadn't hadn't got a framework to to kind of plan what that meant and it became dazzling white and then all of a sudden two people started uh, to chat with jesus that they hadn't met before but they quickly worked out that it was moses and elijah but it wasn't only that jesus's clothes were were glowing as shining white so were the other two and it's those links with holiness and cleanness that Jesus is talking about here that is being showed to us. 
those who would be reading Mark would be kind of used to that sort of imagery, that, that the dazzling white would mean that nothing would stick to it, that it's clean. And through that, we can surmise that Jesus here is beginning to show them that he is indeed God, that nothing can stick to it. Elsewhere in the Bible, when the Son of Man appears, that he is often depicted in, in dazzling white. And here, Jesus is saying by that, that he is himself God. And Moses and Elijah there is summing up that all the law, all the laws that had been written and given to God's people over the centuries were summed up by Moses being there. And Elijah summing up all the, the prophets from the Old Testament being there as well. But it's really interesting that both Elijah and Moses are there just having a chat with Jesus. They're just, just talking like they know him. It's almost as though these guys are completely familiar with all that God has been doing and all that he will do in the run-up to the Easter story. But bless him, poor Pete wades in out of complete terror and says the most random thing ever. Oh, well, should we put some shelters up? And I don't know what you think every time you read that, but I'm like, oh, Peter, you've missed the moment. You've fluffed it, mate. Have you still not got it? And bless him, I also feel sorry for him because he didn't know what was going on. He was terrified. And the only thing he could think of is, well, let's camp out here for a bit because this is quite extraordinary. Shall we put some shelters up for you and for Moses and for Elijah? But notice what term he calls Jesus. He calls him rabbi. In a, in a way that we thought that, that, that Jesus, Pete still hasn't got, that Jesus is God. He still misses the mark. And I don't know about you, but that makes me really, um, really pleased because sometimes I completely miss the mark and I forget who Jesus is. He doesn't get it. And sometimes we just don't get it either. That Jesus is himself God. And so even though we fluff it up, Jesus, Jesus doesn't, and he's God in that. But the next thing we see is this cloud begin to come down and to cover them. And that, that from those who are reading this first century would be relating it back to when the temple was commissioned and the cloud of God coming down and descending and then being flattened by what he was doing. The, the glory of the Lord came upon them. Some of them would also be thinking that this is the cloud that led them through the desert from Egypt into the promised land. Now, I don't know about you, but I read this and I think, ah, the cloud of God has come. Maybe Jesus is going to be leading us into the new promised land, the land that's flowing with milk and honey for the Old Testament people. But for us, this cloud coming to a, leading us to a land where there will be no sin where there'll be no crying, there'll be no separation between us and God, that God has made known to us by his spirit and by Jesus. So the cloud might represent that. But more importantly, it's the place where God speaks. And he says, this is my son, whom I love. Now, some of us might instantly go, but aren't those some of the words that Jesus said, uh, that God said to Jesus at his baptism? 
you are my son who I'm loved and with you I'm well pleased. But here, God isn't only talking to Jesus. He's also talking to the disciples. He's saying to them, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Almost like Pete and James and John were there kind of so freaked out by what was going on that they forget to listen to who Jesus is, what he's going to be doing, how he's going to be revealing himself to them. And next week we'll look at at how Jesus predicts his death, but they didn't listen to Jesus in that time. They kind of fobbed him off, but listen to him. And then as they come down the mountain, they forget some of all of that. They don't take it to heart. They, they say some of this. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen, which they kept. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. Now, Jesus has already predicted his death for the first time. And so they should be thinking, well, he's, he's predicted his death and now he's talking about being risen again. And he'll go on to explain more. But I don't know about you. Sometimes I forget to listen to what Jesus has actually said. I forget to read the book that he tells us what we should be saying. He tells us not to be fearful about the future, but to take every day as it comes along. He tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. He tells us not to be anxious about everything, but to offer those things back to God. And in our nation at this time, there's so much we can be thankful for. There's so much we can give him because he is faithful. He's faithful uh, to do all that he said he was going to do. God says, listen to him. And for so many of us, I don't know about you, but I, I read the news and I see what's going on on social media. And I'm a little bit fearful, to be frank. We, we hear the 800 deaths that happened in Italy uh, yesterday. And I'm thinking, well, what does that mean for us? But the more time I spend in the Bible and just listening to what the Spirit's saying, the more I'm at ease, the more I'm saying, God, you're in control even though we're not in control. I think he's saying over our nation, it's time to get back to the things that are important, back to family, back to looking after our neighbors, back to spending time with God instead of being distracted by the craziness that's going on in the world. So I wonder what he might be saying to you today. Maybe you don't know what's going on and there's a, there's a cloud of fear that's going on around you. But God might just be saying, why don't you listen to what the Spirit's saying to you? How about we just pray and then uh, maybe the Lord's said something to you. But let's just be still for a moment. Father, thank you that you know what's going on in our hearts and minds. You know what's going on in our nation. And Father, we want to hear what you have to say. We may not be surrounded by that cloud on the mountain of transfiguration. But Lord, we know that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who are cheering us on, who are praying for us, who are going, come on, guys, see the opportunity ahead of you. And so, Father, would you come and bring peace by your spirit to every heart, every mind 
in our community and those around about us. Lord, would you help us to know how to reach out to them? Father, would you show us what you need to show us? Lord, last week we, we looked at the church being sifted. And Lord, as that sifting has happened this week, Lord, would you show us our own hearts and our own minds and our own desires for the future? And would you help us to put them in your hands? 